In today's gospel, Jesus' audience included tax collectors and sinners, along with another group of needy, but not nearly as docile characters, the Pharisees and the scribes, who were mumbling and grumbling. This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus' association with the unclean members of society did not go unnoticed. It was felt that if this kind of conduct persisted, all social safeguards might be break down. Some feared that if sinners righteous would mingle, perhaps they might even come to understand one another. Because of the audible mumbling, Jesus told the story to the Pharisees, scribes, and the sinners alike. Every one of them needed to hear it. The parable of how the hundred sheep is very easy to grasp. The 99 left behind when lost when one is lost. The shepherd goes looking, finds the lost lamb and rejoices. Not only that, but he celebrates his successful return with his neighbors. In heaven, there will be more rejoicing over one repentant sinner than over 99 who need no repentance. This uplifting story may have been music to the ears of sinners in Jesus' audience, even possibly for you and me. All we must do now is repent and change. Luke has consistently presented Jesus as a forgiving person. There are some unexplained aspects of this parable. The shepherd who leaves 99 sheep who are safe to go after one may be putting the whole flock at risk. Who is taking care of the 99 while he is out looking? What guarantee does he have that they will stay safe? Sheep are notoriously complacent and stupid creatures. Is the risk worth it? The whole idea of the kingdom as a risky venture may also be hinted when we speak of this parable. Maybe from another viewpoint, the shepherd is not so easily identified as the Lord, but as rather one of us. One of us. Called upon to take risks for the kingdom, to leave behind, to go and to find a lost sheep, and then to rejoice heartily with others at our find. A far out interpretation, maybe the lost sheep is not so much a repentant sinner, but possibly God himself, whom we, through our own carelessness, have lost. This parable is so rich that it is capable of being interpreted in a variety of ways. Luke has chosen one and the church agrees with him. But his interpretation does not exhaust the parable nor the kingdom. Jesus may be challenging each of us to take it further, to play with it, and to let it play with our imagination. It takes courage to accept such a challenge. Please keep this possible challenge in mind as we examine the second story. The second parable is about an implied forgiveness involving a woman. Luke has pointed out that there are many women following Jesus in his discipleship. This was not a common practice in those times that women would be amongst the crowd. 
The one who loses a coin is a housekeeper. Her experience is a common one, one that all of us have had at some time or other. Having misplaced or lost a coin, she scours the house looking for it and eventually finds it. So she calls her friends together and rejoices with them. It seems pretty much the same story as the one about the lost sheep, but there are some subtle differences. For one thing, it is harder for us to feel empathy for a lost coin as opposed to a poor lost sheep. This parable forces us to look not at the object of the search, nor the risk involved, since there is none, but at the reaction of the woman when she finds what she has lost. She rejoices. The kingdom is a call to rejoice. It is not a sad state in which we get caught up with undue preoccupation with pain, suffering, and carrying one's cross. Those sobering facts are indeed part of life as a disciple. But because we have found something truly worthwhile, God's presence in the kingdom, we are also called upon to live joyfully and not get stuck in gloom. Again, Luke's interpretation of the parable is about forgiveness and is most assuredly warranted. But if we pursue the spirit of this parable a bit, it may draw us into a whole new way of seeing life in the kingdom, the kingdom here on earth. In the course of my research of these parables, one author ended his dialogue with the following, and I quote, at Mass on Sundays, the congregation sings the Gloria together. And invariably, as I look out there, most of the people are just standing there with long faces, singing not a word, totally unmoved. God must get a laugh out of how our attempts to render joyful praise at times like that. Let us never forget, we are all disciples living in the kingdom here on earth. Let us never forget to rejoice and be grateful for all of our blessings and for God's mercy and his forgiveness. God bless.